0: Welcome into 49ers Access. My name is Sterling Bennett and please ignore my television behind me. It'll power off pretty soon. And today we are going to react to San Francisco 49ers day two of OTAs. It was the first day the media was able to attend OTAs. I was in attendance myself. Um, I don't know if you saw on my Twitter account, which you can see down below if you're watching on YouTube. If you're not on YouTube, it's 49ers underscore access. Uh, I posted the video that's been circulating as over 300,000 views on Twitter showing Trey Lance's what seems like to be mechanical fixes. We'll dive into that today. Who are some winners? Maybe even some people I saw struggled on... Again, it's day two, the first day the media can see OTAs. But we'll dive into everything about OTAs, including one message... I believe the San Francisco 49ers sent not only the fans, but also the media when it came to who they still believe is the starting quarterback of the team. Again, this is the 49er Access Podcast. My name is Sterling Bennett. And before we dive into everything OTA related, I want to ask you to leave a like, leave a review, tell your friends about the show. We're hopefully going to go to every single available OTAs and training camp. And if you want to go to OTAs, if you want to go to a game this year, I would oblige you to use our promo code 49ers access 49ERSACCESS at SeatGeek.com. Save yourself $20 off your first purchase and support the show in the meantime. Anytime you can get a discount, it's a win for you. And a win for you then becomes a win for myself. And a win for myself returns back to you when as well. It's a win-win-win. So let's dive into OTAs, and I want to first dive into who wasn't there. Now, of course, you're going to have a handful of guys, usually veterans, that are not going to be attending the first few days of OTAs, and there were about five for the San Francisco 49ers. The first one being Nick Bosa. Uh, He told David Lombardi, or Lombardi found out some way, somehow, he was going to stay in Florida, which is common for Nick Bosa. It's where he works out in the offseason. So he's going to stay there for the first couple of days of OTAs and eventually report for training camp. But in Bosa's uh, situation, it will be interesting to see how uh, his contract negotiations play out. If Is he someone who does indeed stay away until they get that contract done? Or is it going to be a similar situation like Debo Samuel and Fred Warner, and and George Kittle, where once he gets into camp, they say, okay, bring your agent, let's sit down and hammer this thing out. So Nick Bosa not in the building, still in Florida, for day two, technically day one of media availability OTAs. Also, Devo Samuel not there, Trent Williams not there Javon Hargrave the big free agent signing for the San Francisco 49ers not in attendance for day two of OTAs and Talanoa Hufunga I think many would say was kind of the the like he's not here really out of all the guys you would assume might not be there I think Hufunga was on the bottom of my list but he was not in attendance he was at the charity kickball game uh, with the San Jose PD a few days before OTAs, so that could easily be an excused absence. Don't worry about it. I'm sure he will be back very soon for OTAs, who Funga loves to practice. So those five guys were not there for the San Francisco 49ers. Also, some housekeeping. Juwan Jennings worked on the side field. He had some tightness, uh, as Kyle Shanahan said in his uh, Post-practice press conference, he did not take part in team drills or individual drills with the team on the side, along with Mooney Ward and Dre Greenlaw, who did not uh, work with the team as well. They were also on the side getting some work in. Uh, One other thing that I saw was last year's undrafted free agent, DB Quantrez Knight, was on the sideline for the majority of the OTAs in practice in a cast on his right hand. Uh, he did not take part in any til- any team drills, excuse me, obviously. Um, but I did ask him after OTAs, hey, saw you have the cast on, what's up with that? He said he was fine, he said he'll be back very soon, so no reason to worry about Con- Quantrez Knight. But I will say this, is that uh, I, and, and let's be honest here, uh, my eyes usually don't go to, hey, that's Quantrez Knight. No knock on him, but... The likelihood he was going to make the team last year was very slim, and this year also slim. I wish him the best. That being said, I do want to shout him out because he had phenomenal energy on the sideline. He was on the sideline with the defense, calling out plays, You know, kind of you know, fake lining up as a DB across from the receivers they had out there. He was very much a young player who could not be on the field, acting as if he was on the field. Um, And that's not seen very often. Most guys who were hurt just sit there, kind of take things in, talk to the coaches, talk to their teammates. Quantrez Knight said, no, no, no. I am going to do everything I can, call out plays, help my DBs next to me. Like, he's a full-on team player from what I can tell. Again, just in one day of 2023 OTAs. uh, Guys like Fred Warner, he was more of kind of the quiet, silent observer of the practice, he didn't do much. Uh, he did not join guys like Brandon Ayuk and Christian McCaffrey and George Kittle as leaders who were on the field uh, for OTAs in day, in day two, really. He kind of sat back and observed and kind of helped teach silently and kind of just kind of overlook the entire practice while guys like D. Winters and Jalen Campbell kind of got their first taste of what being in the NFL and being in an NFL camp looks like. With all that being said, Uh, Brad Graham of the sf Niners put out some questions and I figured, okay, if if Brad is asking these questions on Twitter, then I'm assuming many of you out there want to hear the answers to these questions. And his first question was, where was John Feliciano lining up at? Right guard uh, was where he played the majority of his time in New York. He was brought in to kind of be the Daniel Brunskill replacement. And that's exactly what he was. Feliciano lined up at right guard. Spencer Burford also was the same right guard. Feliciano took second-team snaps All Burford took first-team snaps and Colton McKivitts took first-team right tackle snaps. Uh, Eric Armstead did not line up at edge. It was very much an interior day for Eric Armstead. Now, we will see if once Javon Hargraves comes into camp, will that change? We don't know. Uh, Kyle Shanahan himself said the first couple days of OTAs, it really is getting your base offense and defense down. I'm going to assume their base defense is Bosa on the outside, Jackson or Farrell on the outside with Hargrave and Armstead playing inside. That's what they're working on here. He did not take snaps at the edge. Uh, Jordan Mason, many fans, you know, kind of a fan favorite running back. He was taking third string running back snaps. I think that's where many fans, including myself, have him on the current depth chart. We talked last week of players on the roster bubble. I listed Ty Davis-Price. He was taking fourth string snaps, so could be an uphill climb for him, but again, it's day one, day two of OTAs for the Niners. A lot can change in that time, but to give you an inside look as to what is happening at practice... Jordan Mason is your, right now, third-string running back, and Ty Davis Price is your fourth stringer at the time being. Also, Danny Gray, last year's third-round picket receiver, didn't do much once Trey Lance got hurt. That was Week 2, so really didn't do much all of the season. I believe his, his like, one lone target was against Seattle Week 2 and Garoppolo just came in, and they were trying to basically punt on fourth down, but didn't actually want to punt. So Danny Gray, what is he doing Should be a hopefully a big year for him with Trey Lance potentially back in the fold at quarterback. He has to show up this year with guys like Debo and Ayuk and Jennings at times battling injuries. And having a burner like him on the field can be a big impact against defenses when you have an offense that really can function at the highest level inside the numbers. So what was Danny Gray doing? Well, he was getting first string snaps, but... That's only because guys like Debo Samuel weren't there, and Jawan Jennings essentially had tightness, was on the sideline doing his own work, and then observing later on in team drills. So, he got first string quote-unquote snaps by default, and we'll dive into a little bit more as to what I thought of Danny Gray, because, again, it's day two. Stock is kind of just, eh. Like, he really isn't doing much. Again, it's one practice that can easily change, Once they can start making contact, once there's a pass rush, like, once things really pick up in training camp and preseason, we will see, but as of right now, again, day two, uh, Danny Gray really wasn't that impressive, and I'll dive into a little bit more of what I mean here in a second. Another question Brad Graham has was, what was Drake Jackson doing? A lot of fans, including myself, saw Drake Jackson hit that rookie wall last year, but have a lot of hype for him coming into this year. Now, some fans are saying 10 sacks, some are saying 7. If you can get 7, great. (laughs) Um, But a lot of fans are also saying we need another edge rusher. I am also one of those fans. Uh, We just saw Marcus Golden get picked up today by Pittsburgh. Uh, Clowney's still out there and Gokwe's still out there. They missed on Zadarius Smith via trade with the Vikings, so... A lot of fans have high hopes or at least expectations for Drake Jackson coming into this year. When I saw Drake Jackson, I said, "Oh my goodness, that is not the same player." He put on about 20 pounds since last year. I know he's been in the in the facility every single day, as Kyle Shanahan said during his offseason press conferences, uh, and, and and that shows. Drake Jackson looks bigger. He looks stronger. Um, He looks like a defensive end where last year, because he played this hybrid linebacker-defensive end role at USC, he was kind of a tweener. He really wasn't, you know, his body itself didn't have a defined role. He was still trying to kind of find his NFL body. And he has found his NFL body. It's year two for Drake Jackson the expectations are high, and again, based off one the two practices, I've only seen one, uh, so has everybody else. Um, Drake Jackson does at least look the part of a hulking, you know, shredded-out, muscular defensive end opposite Nick Bosa. So, a lot of good, some interesting uh, to definitely keep an eye on. Ty Davis Price, first-string running back. Jordan Mason, number three running back. Danny Gray taking first-string reps. Uh, What does he look like once Debo Samuel and Jennings are back in the fold? We'll definitely see um, Chris Conley, a veteran receiver, was also taking first-team snaps. I'm assuming, again, that's just because guys like Debo and Jennings were not in or, 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 or tending or actually taking part in team drills. But I do want to dive into here because San Francisco, we know the quarterback situation is crazy. Every single year, whether it was Garoppolo, Lance, Purdy, now it's Sam Darnold in there, they can never escape the quarterback situation. It's a topic of almost every single podcast, every single sports show, Fox Sports, ESPN. um, Really, the Niners quarterback situation has the entire world kind of sitting here waiting to see what actually happens with it. And when I was at OTAs, and I've been to plenty of training camps last year, Usually you have a you know, an idea. Somebody'll have an idea, they'll talk to the PR and say, Hey, who's talking today? And day one, it's usually Shanahan. And you would expect in a big day like this where there's tons of TV there, I mean, it may have been the most packed media room I've ever been in. Um, in a long time, Joe Fonzi was there, ABC was there, uh, KPIX was there, Sacramento TV was there, all the, the beat writers were there, I was there for radio, KBR was there, 95.7 The Game was there, everybody was there uh, wanting to get a, gl- uh, a glimpse of Trey Lance and Sam Darnold, and so you assume Lance and Darnold will talk, they'll introduce themselves, they're supposedly splitting team reps, but the second person the PR team trots out, the second person that San Francisco 49ers chose to speak wasn't Trey Lance and wasn't Sam Darnold. It was Brock Purdy. And it's funny because nobody expected that. It was a complete surprise. And I was with John Dickinson from 95.7 The Game and Coworker of mine and we all kind of stopped and we like, oh, we're getting Brock Purdy today. And I thought that was a clear-cut message to the media, to the fans, and maybe not a direct shot at, you know, Lance or Darnold, but it was more of a reminder of, like, hey, look, like, how often does a hurt quarterback that will likely not take, you know, reps until training camp, you hope, might not be ready by week one, you hope? why is he taking press conferences like I was at training camp last year and I I understand the the thought process was Jimmy Garoppolo is not going to be here um he's not going to be you know you know on the team they're hoping to trade him but every single day that quarterbacks talked it was Trey Lance first Trey Lance first and Trey Lance first That was the message, hey, he's our starting quarterback. He's the first person you are going to speak to after Kyle Shanahan. There's a level of importance here. It goes, Shanahan and Trey Lance. To me, the message was very and abundantly clear. That, okay, it's Kyle Shanahan and Brock Purdy. It was abundantly clear that that was the message they were sending, in my opinion. Now, obviously, look, he ain't healthy but we did get some news saying he is likely going to begin throwing next week. Now, many fans will say it wasn't a report, and that was kind of the wishful thinking of Kyle Shanahan, and it's kind of both, where we don't know the extent of how much he'll be throwing, but Purdy did say he can lift weights now, and he's getting healthier, and so this is the natural progression from not throwing to kind of a lightweight throwing of the towel, now throwing a football again. And if it takes and he's feeling good, like Brock Purdy said, his arm feels really good. Like, he's going to eventually progress to being healthy. Now, I know Shanahan said the plan is to hopefully have him out there by week one. He'll begin throwing again. Purdy kind of pushed back on that. And even Shanahan himself said, only God knows because anything could happen. I mean the the quarterback luck this team has had is enough for Kyle Shanahan to say, I have, I have no idea. <laughs> like, come on. Like, it could be yes, it could be no. I have no idea if we're going to be alive come Saturday. And so, I know Shanahan kind of was like, yes, the hope, the thoughts, the prayers are that he's ready by week one. We want Brock Purdy to be the starting quarterback of this team come week one, but we'll see. That was the message of Shanahan's, you know, press conference, really. But with Purdy speaking after him, it was abundantly clear that in the front of Kyle Shanahan's mind, he is the starting quarterback. In the the mind of John Lynch and the rest of the organization, top to bottom, that Brock Purdy is the starting quarterback of this team. And it's funny because... I know fans want to give Trey Lance a chance. I want to give Trey Lance a chance, and we'll dive into what I thought of his performance in, you know, day one, day two of OTAs and the practice I saw, um, but sometimes, and look, he will get that chance to, you know, the door might be closed currently, but he can kind of slide it open and say, okay, like, we, we have a crack, we have a nudge, we, we, we have a foot in the door. That'll take place in OTAs, like, if you build upon, and Kyle Shanahan said this in his press conference, look like I'm not looking for you know arm talent and OTAs. I'm looking for who's making the pro you know QB one plays. Who's making the smart play, the right play, not who's going out there and making this spectacular play. Um, and I think that which might surprise many of you, I think Trey Lance was that guy at day two of otas now again it's it's day two <laughs> like we have a long way to go we, we have what three months before what august which is preseason. like we have four months until you know the season opens you know, in pittsburgh right another day is here and you're ready for it what to wear check breakfast lunch and dinner check planning for what's next and how to save for it that's where bank of america can help For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. So we have a long way to go, but in a very short period of time, I do think Trey Lance, You know, if you want to say he won day two of OTAs, I think he did. Um, but back to Brock Purdy, it was abundantly clear that the message was he's our starting quarterback. Do not forget, <laughs> like I know he's back there doing you know warming up, and you don't see him out there on the field. But hey, our starting our, our starting quarterback is going to talk today, and he's going to talk first. Like they rolled him out there, and were like, hey, do we have to remind you <laughs> who our starting quarterback is? Um. But going into the rest of the quarterbacks here, because, look, it's, you can't evaluate a quarterback who isn't playing. And that was the hard thing to discuss when Trey Lance came into the NFL and 2021, and even part of the offseason in 2022 that led up to him starting against the Bears and the, the Seahawks. That same, at least for now, goes with Brock Purdy. We cannot evaluate him until he starts throwing and gets on the field again. Like, Once Barperity takes those first few snaps and team drills, like, you are going to then, at that point, ramp up the scouting report and the evaluation. At this moment, they only have three quarterbacks that are throwing the football. And only two of them, being Trey Lance and Sam Darnold, technically matter. Because only one or two of those guys can and will potentially start this year for the San Francisco 49ers. So let's dive into, you know, what I thought of Trey Lance's mechanics, because we heard all offseason, and really it kind of built up recently when Matt Barrows of The Athletic reported that he'd been working with Patrick Mahomes and Jeff Christensen. And, you know, Lance had kind of had a, you know, sufficient, you know, you know, kind of the light bulb clicked really for him when it came to his mechanics, and everybody wanted to see how do his feet look, where where's his arm placement, is that ball too high, is there a hitch still, um, and really, uh, I think Cam Inman had it on Twitter. He had the comparison, and look, it's tough. Like everybody throws the football differently, whether it's baseball, football, everyone has what makes them comfortable, right, um. But I think it was abundantly clear that Trey Lance's mechanics and Kyle Shanahan kind of hit on this: that yes, they had been halted when it came to the progression. How to fix it? You know, when the finger broke, that hurt his. You know how he could, how he could grip the football. When his leg snapped last year, that hurt how he could. You know, how, like where his hips sat, where his, where his where his stance was, and so. I talked about it last week how if that's fixed and, and we shall see and we did see uh yesterday on Tuesday um that all he has to do is go out there and play football and I am happy to say you know, I, I guess you can say happy to report that the mechanics did look better now what I mean by that is you know the he wasn't you know you know, stretched out too long with his stance. And again, Shanahan said this himself that, you know, he was too wide. You need to get compact. You know, whether it's, I know baseball and football are so different, but they, they'll tell you in baseball too, hey, like when you're pitching, when you're hitting, we don't need the herky-jerky, the left and right, the up and down, because once that pitch comes, your hands, everyone's hands have to get back to the same spot. They have to get back right behind the ear, loaded up, and ready to attack. Same thing with football. Yes, you are moving much more. You have a 3, you have a 5, you have a 7-step drop back. There's much more, you know, nuances to football when it comes to playing quarterback than baseball and hitting a baseball, but... or at least different nuances. Trey Lance's mechanics, that, that, that hand was up higher, ready to go, like, ready for a quick release. The stance was much more compact. Now, of course in live reps, we shall see what that looks like, Uh, you know, when he has a pass rush in front of his face and whatnot, but I, I can say at least, you know, in practice, at least with no pressure in his face, when he doesn't have, you know, the ability to revert back to his bad mechanics, you could say, he looked better, he looked good, like, a lot of times, it was more of like, at least the last couple of years in training camps and practices, it was, okay, like, you have this ultra-physically talented player in Trey Lance, but he's kind of still learning how to do the whole quarterback thing correctly. Throw correctly, do the reads, run, like, again, ultra-talented, but still learning, and that's what you get when you have a really young player like Trey Lance, But now it seems like, okay, you have, you know, two and a half years, really. Or at least, you know, this is your third offseason under your belt. Your mechanics should be better. And they look a lot better. Like, he looks like just from standing in, you know, the quasi, you know, pocket, I guess you could say, behind an offensive line, throwing two receivers with defensive backs and linebackers covering them with, you know, little to no physical you know touching <laughs> like Trey Lance did look like out of the three quarterbacks that were out there on Tuesday the best quarterback of the three now diving into that a little more you could see that there was the need or maybe there was this kind of sense of a re-acclimation pro- you know process for Trey Lance a lot of you know what I saw was dump offs, you know, quick outs to Christian McCaffrey, a quick out to Chris Conley. Um, you know, he's kind of these little like dump offs here there. He he wasn't pushing the ball down the field. It was more of like, okay, and I will say this. Although it was day day one day two of practice of OTAs, he did a really good job, granted. Again, no pass rush, no blitzing. He did a really good job going through the progressions. You know, okay, my first progression isn't there. My second progression isn't there. You know, finding the open man after going through everything. Now, again, once there's a pass rush, that has to get faster. But that goes back into my point of there did seem to be this kind of reacclimation project for him back on the field, facing live defenses to a certain extent. You know, taking the easy play rather than forcing a play. He did force one play. It was kind of a, you know, he's my last read, everyone else is covered, Kyle Juszczyk, just throw the football, what's the worst thing that happens, you can't have a dead ball come practice time, just throw it and see what happens, and it was almost picked off by Curtis Robinson, but again, guys weren't wearing helmets during that time period, it was more of a, just, I can't waste a play, so I might as well throw it to me, so I can't knock Trey Lance for that, but again, It did seem like it was more of a kind of a you know you know smoothly you know put your feet back into the fire you're gonna be okay just kind of feel out everything first make your first reads if it's not there just find an open person you know don't try anything too crazy and I'm hoping and I'm assuming that you know once he gets more into everything and and once OTAs and training camp builds back up he will do that he'll take more chances because his counterpart (laughs) Sam Darnold was seemingly unafraid (laughs) and and that's not always a bad thing because you could tell that Sam Darnold at least me kind of you know putting my own opinion on things and and through my lens was that Trey Lance is trying to kind of get his feet wet again and fill out playing quarterback in the NFL against five defenses it has been almost a whole year and and so and, and even then there's so little experience in that, you know, year where you can really take it to I don't know, what are four and a half, three and a half games in the NFL played? That's not even counting so little in college. Like Trey Lance deserves that time period to kind of get his feet back into the fire. Whereas Sam Darnold was like, Look, I played last year, I <laughs> went to the playoffs last year i have everything to lose by not going out here and freaking gung hoing it and and really just going out balls you know balls to the wall from day one and you can tell that he was doing that you can tell from you know the the the, the first snap in team drills he was letting that thing rip now yes i will kind of give you two examples of the good and the bad Where, and this kind of goes into my Danny Gray, what I saw of Danny Gray. Because Danny Gray burnt. I mean, this ran right by rookie Daryl Luter Jr. On the left hash on the outside towards the sideline. This blew right by him. And Darnold put a pretty ball right to him. And Gray jumped and dropped it. That's not on Darnold. It was a good play. He was willing to push the ball down the field. But other plays, and there were countless plays, like three or four or five of these things, where he was throwing the ball behind people, into coverage, Um, just looked like timing was off. Which, again, to be fair to Sam Darnold, with time, with more practice, with the new receivers he has, and the new offense, which he admitted he's still learning, which makes a ton of sense, the timing will improve. Now... You have to ask yourself, if you're Kyle Shanahan coming off of, again, day two of training camp, day two of OTAs, what is your thought process? Are you saying, wow, the guy that had his, you know, bad timing and, you know, but b- made some nice throws here or there in San Darnold, or do you prefer someone like Trey Lance who made the safe play, you know, maybe did the right thing, um and is kind of trying to feel himself out again? I would prefer Trey Lance in that case, but again, we have a long way to go, but... I will say this, that despite Sam Darnold's, maybe you can say weaknesses for a lack of better terms, when it came to his performance in OTAs in day two, um, the mistakes that he made will, to me, kind of clear themselves up with time, because he did make some nice throws. He really did. There was a nice play to Tay Martin on the, the left sideline, again, that throw to Danny Gray, Um, but Darnold did also fumble a snap, (laughs) he also, um, again, was throwing behind a ton of, you know, ton of receivers, where you're like, okay, dude, like, like, Braden Willis made a phenomenal catch, a rookie at Oklahoma, uh, seventh-round pick, like, Darnold threw behind him across the middle of the field, where I can argue that, that's the worst place to do so because it's usually packed full of linebackers and safeties behind your receivers. And Willis made a phenomenal catch. You know, he like, he's run, running over the middle, he stopped, ball was behind him, he like dove backwards, caught it one-handed. And it was a great catch. You can see it in the Twitter video the team put out. It was a great catch and a great play, but it was a bad throw. <laughs> it was a really bad throw. And in, in a game... You know, you might be able to get away with that, but the likelihood is not. And so, again, is that a timing thing, or is that just who Sam Darnold is? It might be a mixture of both. He's very turnover-prone, which we did see that, but I do believe that with more practice and time with the receivers and the offense, some of that should clear itself up. Um, And, of course, with Trey Lance, again, just, like, you can tell a lot and i've said it plenty of times here how someone feels in the press conference aren't they confident are they feeling good about themselves like trey lance came into the press conference and his first words were i'm back like you can tell he was so excited he even said himself that the injuries you know, not playing a lot really hurt him mentally um and that you know he like he was finally having fun playing football again because one he actually can play health wise and two like I'm sure this kind of feels like... Not a last hurrah for him... But more so of like... The culmination of all the hard work... All the time sitting on the bench... All the injuries... Like this is finally my year... Purdy's hurt... I can really like... Jumpstart my career here... And I do think that's... Just trying to kind of dive into what he feels like... You can tell that there was this eagerness of like... We're finally playing football again... I can get back out there and play it's a process, we'll see how it plays out, but you can tell that he really was excited to go back out there, whereas Sam Darnold, look, I haven't watched many Sam Darnold press conferences, uh, the only you know, real thing I've heard from him is, you know, I'm seeing ghosts, right, it's kind of the only thing, you know, I've I I've heard or, or really seen of Sam Darnold, but it did feel like he was a little overwhelmed, and maybe that was the initial awkwardness of a first, you know, first-time press conference. Whereas, you know, last year, like I, I sat in those Trey Lance press conferences and was like, "Okay, hey, like this kid has the poise, the confidence. He feels like at least mentally and how he carries himself as a starting caliber quarterback." Whereas, you know, I don't want to judge anybody off, you know, my first impression, but it didn't really feel like. You know, Sam Darnold was like, yeah, I'm a starting quarterback. It was like, oh, yeah, you know, I play, play in the NFL, a new team, you know, you know, you got, got, got to figure things out, you know. And uh, Like, there was this kind of like, you know, you guys know my past. I know my past. Like, this might be my last shot. So, you know, just go out there and kill it. Like, it really felt like from, like, it, maybe it's just me. When you look into somebody's eyes, you can get a really good read on how they feel. Um, Like, I don't want to, you know, go out there and say, hey, go look into the next person's eyes you see pretty deeply and tell me how you feel about them uh, or tell me what you get from them. But, like, you can tell there was a little bit of a wide-eyed look and maybe that's just him naturally. (laughs) I have no idea. But, again, first impression, don't want to, you know, say too much. You know, not a negative thing about Sam Darnold, but you can kind of get the, you know, the kind of, the pro, the kind of, the aura that, okay, like, he might be a little overwhelmed initially, where he knows he has a ton to prove still, he's failed really twice for two teams, like, he's gotta succeed here, and that may take time, that may be a backup role here, I know many fans want that to be, many fans think he sucks, which, he hasn't proven too much in the NFL yet and you know myself included would like to hope Trey Lance can win this job and I think again after day one day two of OTAs he's the leader in the clubhouse now what does Shanahan think I have no idea but you can tell that if the pecking order was done today in my opinion it would be if healthy obviously Brock Purdy but Trey Lance then Sam Darnold um that's basically all we got from the quarterbacks. Again, the mechanics, I think, were fine. They were more refined and cleaned up for Trey Lance. It looked faster, quicker, again, more compact, more ready to make a throw um, in the face of pressure. We will see that once, again, he does get some defensive ends and some of the big boys in front of him, you know, putting their hands up and pushing that offensive line back. Um, But we're not going to really see that until training camp. So every OTAs, unless they change something, is going to be kind of this non-contact, you know, nobody gets hurt kind of, you know, practices where it's like, get your reps in, but take it light, work hard, but, you know, don't push too hard, if you know what I mean. Um, But I will say this, that there were a handful of veteran players that you could tell wanted to set the tempo for not just this practice, but for the entirety of OTAs and training camp. That we're going to come in here and we mean business. Now, among them was Christian McCaffrey. He um, it was, it was actually pretty funny. And I have no idea his name. Um, but there was, there was a guy in the press conferences who asked the same question the exact same way to every single player in Coach Shanahan. And I was like, alright dude, like, we get it. It, like, you have a story to write, but, like, you could ask the same question over and over and over again, <laughs> like, come on, okay, like, I was sitting there, and I was like, this question again? <laughs> like, really? Um, but, to the, the person's point, and again, all, all due respect, like, he had, you know, the, the question was fine, but because what he was saying was true, and the question really was, you know, as a player or, 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 or a teammate. You know, what is it like to have someone like Christian McCaffrey out here who's been in the league plenty of times, has nothing left to prove, can easily take these days off like Debo Samuel and Trent Williams and Javon Hargrave and and Ufunga and, and many others, but he's out here grinding, wanting to set, you know, prove a point to kind of set the tempo for the you know, the OTAs and training camp. And it, alongside him would be, you know, guys like Dre Greenlaw on the side field, Fred Warner kind of having a, a looming presence amongst the defense. Um, Again, guys like Brandon Ayuk, he was out there. um, And George Kittle. Like, enough cannot be said as to how much the veteran players on this team not only care about, you know, playing in the games, but also they know how important the kind of the the throwaway days may be for a team like this, where they have been so close so many times, whether it was losing in the Super Bowl against the Chiefs or against the Rams and the Eagles in the NFC Championship game. They know it's days like that that, you know, make the difference in winning and losing big games, you know, barring crazy injuries like Brock Purdy. But to have players like that amongst undrafted guys guys like Trey Lance who have had the weight of the world on his shoulders, but hasn't done much with it. To have guys like Kittle and Ayuk and Christian McCaffrey, even Elijah Mitchell was there, um, like working hard, grinding, you know, guys who you could easily say, hey, take time off. Like, we know who you are. We know what you can do. Like, they want to be there because they know that the impact they have on the field should also carry to off the field and in the locker room. And when a player take, you know, Kalen LeBourne or Ronald Await, running backs, undrafted guys see that. Guys like Ty Davis Price and Jordan Mason see that. They go, man, like, he might be ahead of me on the depth chart, but he's out here grinding. I need to work harder. You know, what does it mean for, you know, guys like Danny Gray to see Brandon Ayuk out there working their butt off on day two of OTAs? where Brandon Ayuk can say, I have my fifth-year option picked up. I don't need to be here. But that's a message that, you know, not only the players have, but really comes down from the head coaching and the the GM offices. Like, John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan have devoted their life to football. These players, up to this point in their life, have devoted their lives to football. And you can tell that, yes, you have an off-season to relax and get your body in shape, but, you know to have guys like Javon Kinlaw and Drake Jackson be in the best shape of their lives and have worked really hard, Trey Lance back off the injury. Like, there really is some inspiration you can take from guys like Christian McCaffrey and Brandon Ayuk and Elijah Mitchell and Drake Greenlaw, you know, and George Kittle being on the field knowing they don't have to be. Um, And again, like, that stuff permeates through the entire team, and you never know who you are going to have to rely on. Like, Juwan Jennings had tightness in his hamstring. Brandon Ayuk, later in the OTAs, got a little tightness, took some time off. Like, you never know who is going to go down. You could need four or five quarterbacks, right? And all those guys have to be ready. And so, to see guys out there that are, you know, busting their humps to kind of you know work their hardest means a ton. And I do think it is a really good example of not only... The players themselves, but the point that Shanahan and Lynch have made when they've constructed the roster, we need not only good players, but good people who want to work hard and impact the entirety of the roster. Um, but before we end today, I do want to kind of get into some guys that were quietly, or quote-unquote winners, you might say some losers too, I guess you might again, it's day two of OTAs. I, mean, I don't know how many wins and losses you could have on day two, and really, when it comes down to it, you cannot put too much stock into day two of OTAs. It was more of a day to see Trey Lance's mechanics and be out there for the first time in over a year, or, or under a year, excuse me. But I do want to kind of shout out guys like Kalia Davis, who didn't play at all last year. He was hurt towards ACL on college on the pup list last year. There were hopes he can get back on the practice field last year. Didn't work out late in the year, but he was out there today. Um, you can tell, like, he was chasing, you know, chasing guys down, with no helmet on, uh, during, or late in the OTAs, like chasing guys, 40 yards away, you know, running down running backs, like this guy, can move, he really can move, and, I know they've compared him, to DJ Jones in the past, which, I don't really, I don't love, that comparison, because, you know, DJ Jones was, this cannonball like player, but if Khalid Davis, is doing that stuff, then okay, I see it, like I, I really do see it, where, if he's this kind of this big, hulking, bulky, just kind of, you know, shot out of a cannon-style defensive lineman, like, I can see that happening. And at least, again, it's one time, it was one play, you know, you need to stack up the days here, but Kalia Davis did look, you know, like somebody that, at least, again, in one practice, one day, like, he did look like an athletic, you know, cannonball-style, light-the-fuse defensive lineman Wanna see more of it, hope to see more of it. Um again, guys like Danny Gray, it seems like with Danny Gray, again, it's one practice. But and last year he got no reps really. <laughs> really none at all. But you have to finish. And I like Danny Gray. I mocked him to come to San Francisco from SMU two years ago. Like I wanted him to be here. I thought his skill set matches what San Francisco wants. To do offensively over the middle, and he's so freaking fast. Just take a deep shot and see where you can go with it, right? But you have to finish. And again, one day, one practice. uh, He didn't finish very well. And what I mean by that is when you burn a defensive back, a rookie defensive back, not only as a receiver who's in their second year, kind of like, welcome to the NFL, rookie. Like, you want to make not only yourself look good, but to a certain degree, you want to make somebody else look bad because then it makes yourself look better. And it's a teachable moment to say, hey, defensive backs coach, you know, hey, Steve Wilkes, teach this kid better. Like, I burned him because of a simple go route. Tell him where to put his hands, to where to get his feet, you know, and, you know, do whatever you have to do to kind of figure things out for him. And Danny Gray, when you burst by a guy because you got four, three, four, four speed and that ball's in your hands and you drop it, like, that's stuff that gets you in the doghouse. That's stuff that, you know, makes you unplayable. Now, again, it's day two of OTAs. A lot of work to go. He can make, you know, that could be, you know, the 10th, you know, play of the night of 10 he caught right, that could be the one catch or one pass he drops that I see. But it was one that stuck out where it's, okay, like, Darnold puts the ball on the money and you drop it. Like, those plays are the difference between a win and a loss sometimes. Whereas guys like Debo and Ayuk and Jennings, who last year we saw kind of had this dropping problem late in the year, but like that's a play where likely they will catch the football. And that's, that's a starting caliber player. In Debo can Jennings. If you want to be that, you have to finish. Um, somebody who did, I think, a great job finishing was D'Amedor Lenore. I know last year he took a big jump, but the physicality, the the mentality we saw towards the end of last year has 1,000% carried over. Uh, the, the Lenore that we saw his rookie season is not the same guy. This kid... This this player, this cornerback, this now starting, you know, opposite of Mooney Ward cornerback, you can tell he's a dog. That I know he's a smaller guy, but he's not afraid to get inside to jam you at the line and really make it, you know, tough for a receiver. We saw what he can do against Seattle against bigger receivers. And we've seen what he can do in the NFL late last year, but this could be an even better year or at least a continuation of what we saw last year because the mentality is the same he wants to come in he likes to work he works hard and like you can tell that when a player has confidence in themselves they're like usually you're an entirely different player and you can tell Lenore has a lot of confidence in himself and it's really really good to see um somebody else I thought was a pretty funny story because Braden Willis's dad um I'm a big Willis fan in general um, I'm also a big Oklahoma Sooner fan with family back there in the Midwest in Ponca City, Oklahoma. Um, shouts out. <laughs> um, but uh, I'm a big Willis fan. And his dad actually tagged me on Instagram saying, thank you for being so supportive of my son, Braden. And so I was, you know, I had you know my eyes out looking for Braden Willis at OTAs. And there was one play where he really stood out. And it was really nice. And there was a second play pre-snap where wasn't so great because the first play kind of talked about it earlier where Stan Darnold goes behind him. He reaches back one-handed, kind of dies back and catches it one-handed. Great play. Maybe saves a turnover. Good stuff. The other play was pre-snap where they're lining things up and this comes with learning the playbook. And it was guys Chris Conley and Braden Willis where Shanahan on a walkie walks out, stops the entire play and is like, you got to line up over here. So... I thought it was funny. It was more of a like an instructional moment for a young player like him trying to kind of find his place in the offense. And, you know, it's kind of goes into show like, look, you can make a great play like Willis did. You can drop a ball like Danny Gray did. But you're all trying to learn. You're all trying to kind of better yourselves. You're all trying to get a grasp on who you are in the league. And also what is your role? Where do you need to be? Because when you are where you need to be at, and so is your teammates, that's when things start to flow, that's when you can make big chunk plays, and that's when you start winning football games. And, you know, OTAs really are an instructional period for young players like Braden Willis and Danny Gray. And it's almost like, make your mistakes now. Like, don't be afraid to kind of be called out in front of the entire media and your entire team, because you have to be where you're going to be at. He ain't the first guy. He ain't the last guy. Like, we're going to see that plenty of times. Steve Wilkes was going crazy. Like, Domenico Ryans was not very vocal at OTAs. Soft-spoken guy. You know, one of the kindest person you'll ever meet. Steve Wilkes, again, ha- haven't heard him talk yet, but a very kind person, I'm assuming. He was out there like, you guys got to get in here. You got to lie out this way and that way. And it was like, there is fire under that man's belt. And it was awesome to see. Um, the last person I'll shout out today and arguably had the best day two of OTAs. And I think there's lofty expectations on this player. Because he's replacing, at really now that Robbie Gold's gone as well, the longest tenured 49er. That is Jimmy Ward. Isaiah Oliver in the nickel was awesome. There was one player that stood out to me amongst many, but one where he got beat. He really did get beat, and it was kind of a crossing pattern. You know, he's lined up in the nickel, guy takes the corner and, and, and goes across the field, right? And he got beat, but he was able to go, okay, I got beat. Many guys, when they get beat, you know, they'll look for the ball. Where's the ball at? Where's the ball No, no, he put his head down and caught back up to the receiver, knocked the ball out of the air, and got a pass deflection. And that's a sign of a veteran player, but also a player who is like, look, like, I'm a bigger guy. I'm a slower, lanky, taller, larger nickel cornerback. If I mess up, if I get beat, I have to get on my horse. On my horse to make up for it. And he did. And I thought it was a huge play. He had multiple pass deflections. The closing speed was great. Like, he looked, you know, a lot of questions are, is it going to be Luter? Is it going to be Oliver? Is it Womack? Is it Amprey Thomas in the nickel this year? The assumption is it's going to be Mooney, Eleanor outside, and Oliver in the nickel. And, again, one, two days of OTAs. Oliver looked like, you know, when it came to making pass deflections and, you know, making up for maybe a misstep early, he looked like a shining star on the defense. And could be, through two days of practice, you know, another huge signing for San Francisco, whereas they might be better in the nickel than they were last year. Uh, He looked really, really good. Um, Didn't see much of Jair Brown. I'm not going to lie to you. I spent a lot more time watching the offense and Trey Lance and the running backs and the receivers in my first day there hoping to get a better glimpse of the rest of the team um whenever I go back to OTAs I believe next week sometime hopefully I can go back next week but it was a good day at OTAs a fun day the 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 uh, the mentality and you could tell there was like oh thank god football's back through the team through the media like everybody was excited to be there I'm sure many of them just wanted to see Trey Lance and many of them won't be there come the next time That media can go back but you can tell there was kind of this uh, football's back you know there's there's the 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 sky is blue there's flowers on the ground on on the on the hills of santa clara it's not too hot there's a breeze in the air it smells like freshly cut grass you can tell it was okay like we are inching closer and closer back to the best time of the year and that's football season it was a good OTAs, a good practice, a lot to learn from. Thank you to Clint Cohen of San Francisco uh, 49ers PR team for letting me get access there. Uh, it was a really fun day, hoping to go back, hoping to bring you guys more insight. Um, thank you for watching on YouTube. Thank you for listening on Spotify or Apple or wherever you get your podcasts at. Uh, and do me a favor, don't forget to leave a like on the, the episode itself or the video on YouTube. Uh, also, share leave a review help the podcast out itself if you have any questions if you you know want me to look at a certain player for you you can dm me on twitter at 49ers underscore access you can also dm me and follow us on instagram 49 ersaccess if you want to go to an otas if you want to go to a training camp once they open them up to the public or even a game this year Use our promo code 49 ers access 49ERSACCESS at SeatGeek.com. Save yourself $20. It'll at least pay for your parking somewhere, whether you're going to Levi Stadium or elsewhere. You can also use our Fanatics link in the description or at the top of the screen here, you can see our promo codes and links as well. Put that into your browser. That also can get you some Niners gear and support the show In the meantime, that being said, day two of OTAs is wrapped up. It was a great day. It was a good day. My name is Sterling Bennett. Again, one more time leave a like, leave a review, tell your friends, whether it's on YouTube or Apple or Spotify. Thank you for listening to today's show. And we hope to get to OTAs next week for you and myself to share everything we've learned and saw as we build up the training camp in the preseason. And once again, my name is Sterling Bennett. This has been the 49er Access Podcast. And stay faithful.